some of the best elk hunters in the world. Across the canyon, pop up the other side, and the wind is right at my back and blows right into it. I cut him off to say, I'm the baddest one, not you. I love it, man. I feel like I'm super blessed to call myself an elk hunter. To beat them at their game, to get them within that bow range, convincing them that I'm one of them. you got to close that distance really quick on him. And if you can engage that much, that's a dead bull. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast. Sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion. Pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. I used to be a, da- a Mountain Dew fan. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, I'm a Mountain Dew fan. <laughs> see me in the fucking mountains. Mountain Dew, motherfucking water. That's it. That's all the fucking That's that back East Hills bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no shit, man. Uh, I, I, I had one of the wrestlers come up to me and says, Coach, uh, I can get you off that Mountain Dew. I said, what you talking about, man? Yeah. And he tried his like this workout shit, this pre-workout shit. He said, "You always on the go. Don't matter if you're working on." He said, "Show me the can. It's called On. On it has um, caffeine with caffeine. Mm-hmm. So it's a pre-workout with caffeine. And that's all I drink these for anyway for the caffeine." Yep. He says, I can get you off that, that Mountain Dew. I said, well, shit, man, I'll give it a shot. It's easy for me to stop something. I could stop it. That's a lie. I could stop it. That's a lie. You said, what about elk hunting? <laughs> That's my life. That's sacrilege is what that That's, is. <laughs> so I got on his on, and I was doing... So 32 ounces, my water bottle's over there somewhere. 32 ounce bottle. And I was putting four fucking scoops in there. And I didn't read that motherfucker. And it said, one scoop equals 100 milligrams of fucking caffeine. So that's 400 milligrams. Boat, boat, boat. Shake that motherfucker. It was good. It's watermelon flavor. I was like, God damn, I'm fucking on it. And sure enough, I got to the point and I was drinking three of them some bitches. A day. A day. And then back in the day, like 2013, <clears throat> when I was really like heavy on like the, the caffeine shit, the sugars, the, I mean the, the, the energy drinks, mm-hmm. I was having these fucking heart palpitations. And it like just crazy shit. Like, <clears throat> I was like, what the fuck? My shit ain't right. So I go to sit call, I'm like, mm, well, something ain't fucking, something ain't right. <laughs> they said, well, you on a, you on a lot of caffeine, like energy drinks, huh? not knowing. Right. I said, no, no, not really. I mean, I might have one. Like I was drinking a lot of them. Didn't, didn't even want to, yeah, didn't, didn't even realize. know what it was. And then I pulled back. I wasn't drinking as many of those. And lo and behold, 
I was drinking that uh, that pre-workout shit. This was in December. Last December. I said, I said, oh, what the fuck? I've never had those in a long time. What's going on? And then I said, I started reading the Bible. What? Pack seminar. Okay. I said, what's going on? Now I read that bottle. I said, told my wife, I said, this is it. I think it's the caffeine. Yeah. So I cut it back. One scoop, 32 ounces. I'd have two of those a day. That's still kind of a lot. 200 milligrams of caffeine. Mm -hmm. So, literally stopped in his tracks. And I nailed it down. I said, no wonder why motherfucking kids are having like heart attacks and yeah. shit from this shit. Because they be drinking them like it's water. Yeah. That's my problem, is I'll get to drinking them, and it's like, I'll fight myself, man. And and they, I don't know what they put in them, but man, they build up a craving. I'm not sure if it's the sugar that's in them. Because well, even like that one says zero sugar. Like I try to get ones without sugar at all. But that's bullshit. It says zero sugar. You go through it, they something. all got sugar in them, right? Something. Your body don't know the difference between Aspartame, the fake, yeah. Something you, to make it sweet. They don't, they don't, your body don't know the difference between, you know, raw sugar and uh, all these artificial sweeteners. Right. Um, look at this. 300 milligrams of fucking caffeine. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. That's dude. a lot. Yep. That's a lot. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm addicted. I get addicted to them. And I, and, I and then I, I can't even pull off of them. Like, I'll drink and drink. I still I, crave them. I haven't drank them. That? Yeah. I ain't drinking all this. Oh, man. I, I drink a quarter of this. I, uh, like I said, I've been, I've been grinding and, uh, I stopped drinking them. But man, do I crave them. And then everybody knows I drink them. So I'm at work and somebody will walk, one of my guys will walk in, you know, and he stopped to get me a, a watermelon Red Bull or something when he was coming in and sit in the office and he put it on my desk. So what I started doing is fighting my temptation. And, uh. I don't care. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm easy. Jeff uh Yeah, we're recording. Um. Jeff brought, uh, hey, can you go to my truck in my backseat, passenger side, open up my icebox, my little Yeti, and grab my strawberries while he eats a hamburger in front of me? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Jermaine just got a burger. Jeff de delivered a burger, and I'm on my grind, so I'm going to eat some strawberries in front of this good-smelling burger. Um, but, yeah, man, I'll sit there, and I'll sip and, I'll sip and sip and sip and drink, and then, you know, when you're go, 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 you feel like you need more of that boost. And it's always the crash, dude. That crash is rough when you come down off of that mess. Right. It's, oh. Uh, at a certain point, the caffeine starts st starts at a certain day, and then it ends for me. Uh, the big thing was for me is I don't drink coffee. I like coffee, but coffee don't like me. Mm -hmm. And number one, it tears my stomach up. It makes me feel nauseous. So I pulled off the, the coffee. Uh, it took me a while to figure out why Why am I feeling nauseous in the morning? I have a coffee, be heading to work. I'm like, morning yeah, sickness. I'm like, I'm throw up. What the heck is going on? Every morning for, I don't know, a month or so. And I was like, what is going on? And I said, I tried to, got self-diagnosed and you start eliminating. Right. Things. 
and I eliminated coffee and found out that coffee making me nauseous. Right. A lot of that shit is like mental addictions is all it is, mm -hmm. right? Because, I, I mean, I get up in the morning. This morning, got up, climbed out of the rack, and uh, what I do? I grab the, grab the bag of uh, black rifle and the press, yep. and I'm out there, you know, five in the morning on the back of the truck right. making coffee. And it's like, do I actually need this shit or do I just, is it, is it just habitual? Right, it's just an habitual thing that we just get so accustomed. Thank you, sir. We get so accustomed to doing, we just do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I usually don't like to interrupt podcasts, but I've been with Guy all weekend and he's stuck tight to his diet. Thank you, I've baby. Some so <laughs> give him a shout out. Yeah, grinding, sure. grinding. I've been, I've been hard. He brought me a. A Dr. Pepper, a Dr. Pepper some D Doritos. Doritos are fire you know starter. The last time I had a soda, I can't tell you. And then we was just talking about all these, mm -hmm. all these damn energy drinks. I haven't had a soda but are in the, over a uh, half a year. But are the energy drinks any better? No. They right? I mean, at least with the soda, we know the poison we're getting. The energy drinks, there's so many this that's yeah. and the other inside yeah. of it you know what i mean it's like right. gotta be the next I level of poison go back to the mountain dew hold, hold, hold on hold on here you go i'm reading the fine print on the can 41 milligrams of caffeine way better than 300. <laughs> what's that sugar though oh the sugar level is through the roof through 39 and that can the energy drink says zero yeah, but that energy can is lying at zero. Yeah, That's lying. bullshit, right? They put so much shit in that stuff, and, and they're so damn good, man. Some of them flavors, it's like, how did you get that in a can? <laughs> That's the truth. I don't even understand some of them, man. Some of the Red Bull flavors and the first form flavors, and I used to be, what's the one? I can't drink them anymore because the sodium is so high. Can't think of, I, I'm glad I can't even think of the name. That's how long it's been. We were, the wife and I were coming out to film a hunt for uh, Disabled Outdoorsman Utah a couple years ago on Joe Corliss's hunt, his ram hunt. And we drove from, from Cali all the way through the night to Dinosaur, Colorado. Didn't rest, didn't stop, had to make it there to film the hunt. Northwest Colorado for the ones that don't know. Yeah. And uh, I grabbed. We stopped before we went in and I used to like the, I think it was like birthday cake or cake batter energy drink. Dude, I drank one and I ain't kidding you, my hands swole up. I mean, almost instantly. Dude, it, it's, it's off the chart. I mean, my hands swole up. I've never had anything react to my body like that. And man, it freaked me out. I dumped that some bitch out, the, the rest of it out the window. It scared the shit out of me. You know, uh, you know I, I spent a lot of time uh, a lot of time in the sauna and, and working out with these athletes and, and uh, cutting weight with them. And as a coach, you, you try to do as much as you can to make sure that athlete's going to be successful as possible. Mm -hmm. So if that means I got to spend, you know, countless of hours in the sauna with these athletes, then I got to do it. Uh, it was uh, just this past April. I'm sitting in cutting weight with these athletes and I'm not I don't I don't do that stuff no more but uh I don't know we like three hours rinse and repeat like you, you're doing 20 and you're out for five mm -hmm. you do another 20 you're out for five before you know it you're three hours into this another athlete's coming you know you're like oh my god 
you go to the you know you go to the locker room try to drink water away from them because they are, they can't they can't right so you, you try not to you know tease them like nah, I'm gonna drink water and uh, that night we got done it was like three hours or something in the sauna and we she asked she said hey kid I, 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 I'm sorry coach but I didn't stop by the store and get my stuff before weigh-ins tomorrow oh uh, yeah we'll stop at Walmart you know the first thing I went to, I didn't tell anybody, not even the other coach that was with me. I was hurt bad. I was like, oh, I'm cramping. Every time I move, I cramp. <laughs> I said, I'm going in here. I'm going to let them go to the, get what they need. But I'm going in and I'm going to grab a jar of pickles. Pickle juice. Yeah, buddy. A jar of pickles. And I'm going to grab all the high sodium stuff I could possibly grab. I felt like I was competing again. Because mm -hmm. that's what I did when I was competing. So I, I go and grab the cold pickles. Because I want that juice cold. Even though even though I'm dehydrated, I want to get in me and needs to be lukewarm. Nah, pickle juice, I need it cold. Oh, man. And I grabbed this Gatorade Hydrate. Gatorade Hydrate. And my buddy told me about it. He said, man... Hey, you want you got a headache? You drink that stuff? Gone. It's gone. It's gone. So I grab all this stuff. I get back to the room. Call my wife. Hey baby. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> her voice is gone. I I can't speak no more. She's like, how much weight did you lose? I, said, <laughs> I have I no know. idea. She said, it sounds like you competing. You need to drink. <laughs> Um, I didn't measure it that night. The next morning, because I put all these bottles on my little nightstand of what I was drinking, and I drunk over a hundred and something ounces of, of fluids between the pickle juice and all this other stuff, and did not pee once. Oh my god! I was mad. Yeah, it that's took bad. me until the next day, like midday, to recover mm -hmm. from this. And uh, I told the athletes, I said, "Thanks." Y'all messed coach up. Y'all messed me up. Messed me up bad. But, yeah, I, I do know. And that sodium will swell you up. Oh, man. It'll swell you up. It, uh, I'm telling you, it scared me. We were driving, and I was like, look at my hand. I told my I looked at my wife, like, look at my hand. What the fuck is going driving, on? In altitude. Mm. It was, uh, yeah, it freaked me out, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I digress. So we didn't even intro, man. So I'm sitting here at Western Hunt Fest with my boy Jermaine Hodge. Um, went, we went and shot, who did we shoot with, man? We shot with Joel from from uh, Hunt Hike Harvest. We had Josh Walker, uh, Jeff Duvall. Who else was on the course with us, man? D'Angelo Wilkinson from uh, Hunt Wallet. And then two of the Pine Size boys. Um, yeah, man, what? Dude, that was a good group, right? Good shooters. But even better men. I mean, there ain't nothing like going out on the mountain like that, man. Just you know, let you let your proverbial hair down and uh, get to shoot like that, man, and just have a good time flinging arrows, talk a ton of shit, right? That was expert. That was expert group right there, shit talking, right? I mean, you. I don't know if there was a better group that we could have pulled from this entire crowd in terms of shit talking. Right. So much fun, man. But right, Colorado. Uh uh, Total Archery Challenge is coming to Colorado in July, and I, 
I hope we can get together and, and do that too as well. Yeah. I know I want to be out there on uh, the 8th of July, which is I think Saturday. That's a Saturday, yeah. Yep. That's a uh, minute from the house. Get this same group together, maybe add a couple more killers in there and, uh, you know, get out there and shoot with some buddies, man. Yeah, go blow up a couple more arrows. That was the funny part, right? We, I, What was that shot? 43 yards or something like that? Headshot on a turkey. We get to a 20-foot badger, and I watch my arrow disintegrate on the rocks behind us. And right. then Jermaine had some. Right, I follow right behind you. Yeah, <laughs> Jermaine had some fubs, and then we get on that on that goat, and Jermaine just laces a 45-yard 12 ring. Uh, on a and, downhill shot. Yeah. You would think is almost impossible. You gotta lean so steep into that shot. So we get to, we get to the target. Jermaine's like 15 yards off my six. I pull his arrow out and I stick it just in between where the vitals go into the animal. <laughs> oh, and, oh you, you talking about the mountain goat? Yeah, the goat, and, man. And I said, we got over there and I'm like, why is my arrow canted 20 like that? I said, that looked like, and I'm looking back and I said, did I hit a limb? Yeah, it was funny, man. <laughs> I, I As fast as I could just get it out and put it back in anywhere. And it was leaning. I was like, oh, he's going to think that thing was porpoising or something. Oh, 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 what did I say? I said, that was horrible. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. Uh, I said, that's, that's a horrible shot. And then all the bad shots, we pretty much had excuses on every single bad shot. That's the funny thing. Yeah. You know? It's like, dude, how did you how did you botch? See, I know my botch shots was on the smallest, closest targets. Didn't even make uh, sense to that, me. That, that badger was 19 yards. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We put our 20 on it. I went right over the back. And I can't even tell you where I went. I, I, I watched went it. I rock. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it, and I'm like, what the hell did I just do? It's amazing. Like, some of the harder shots yeah. are, are some money. of the closest, yeah. easiest shots. And yeah. Then, and crazy. then you get out. And like yesterday, I'm, I'm lacing a 90-yard shot. My, my 96 arrows, yards, half-inch group. My, my arrows are sitting right on top of you. Yeah. And then I blow up an arrow at 19 yards. <laughs> So man, tell us. Uh, so you had you had last year's video kind of drop. I think it's been two weeks now, two and a half weeks, man. I think it's going on three, yeah. And uh, really good video, man. And and what I what I appreciated about it is the educational aspect of it. If you're in tune to that delivery, there's there's elements of that video that are huge education pieces. How did that come together? What was the vision for that film, um, et cetera, et cetera, man. Um. Well, well, we'll back up a little bit. You know, I know the film released three weeks ago on, uh, you know, Phelps Game Calls platform on YouTube. So if you haven't seen it, go go check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. But let's back up a little bit. Um, you know, I've been trying to get, you know, we had the right camera gear and stuff like that. And I've been trying to get my footage on film for, for three years. Well, two years prior to last year. And... It was tough, man. I did the elements of everything needing to work together. And um, the truth be told is building a team to be able to do that and the sacrifices that you have to do to do that. You know, getting in, getting in a tree stand, filming whitetail hunts solo, that's tough too. Right. But you got the camera, you sitting there waiting. With us, it was it's schedules, it's making sure that that guy that's running the camera knows what he's doing 
and then miles and miles of walking. Right. Last year, I did 239 miles. 239 miles. In before, September. Before the elk hit the ground. Oh, damn. Before the elk hit the ground. Now, granted, you guys will see on the video that I could have got it done really early in the season, but it wasn't what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. In that particular unit that we were hunting, I'm like, there's bigger bulls in here. A lot more bigger bulls. And then I got humbled real quick, and then we were, you know, working into like 20, 22, 25 days before I was like, all right, my my standards need to drop a little bit. Right. Um, so, but it, it was two years in the making before that really happened. And then I told my buddy, uh, listen, uh, you guys need to be with me. If you're not with me, then I'm going to outsource this. Mm -hmm. But if y'all are with me, this is how we need to do it. And I formulated a plan and it all came together because the, the truth be told, it's, it's tough getting that It's, it's so dynamic, right? It's tough. So and, dynamic. And those guys, the, the, the group that you formulate, need to be on the same level as you to be able to get that done. And I'm talking hiking. I'm talking about when you in the elk, they know don't move this, mm. don't do that. And we ran into some... You know, you'll see on the video, we ran into some hiccups where my buddy Pats has been hunting with me for a while, but not like that. Right. And he knows how to call. He just won world championships this Congrats, year. Congrats, Pat, man. That's yeah. that's a uh, that's a hell of an uptick from the garbage man in the video. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he's still going to get that, that mm -hmm. trash talk from me, but that's what we do, right? Yeah, that's it. You know, it's, it's growing together. Yep. And I... If I didn't love you, I'm not going to talk shit about you. Mm, I'm just right? not going to talk to you. Not going to talk to you. If you don't hear anything yet, from That's me, when you question it. That's when you question, mm -hmm. right? So my buddy Pat, uh, you know, just won world championships this year. And, and I know he had it in him. But um, there was some times that uh, I, I had him call for me that, it, like, I had to, you know, life lessons. Like, hey, don't do that. Right. Do this. I'm telling you why, and I'm explaining this. But we're learning together as we grow, and we're going to get it done together. And um, so, when you develop that team that that you build, sometimes you got to learn together as we go through this. Right. Um, so it was some moments last year that it was some growing pains, but it was nothing that was going to break the hunt. Right. You know what I'm saying? So no, it was a great hunt, and uh, it turned out good. And hopefully, the viewers liked it too as well. How much, how much of that, that's where I've struggled, right, is, is I always feel like, especially because I'm, I'm typically solo, is how much of the hunt are you willing to sacrifice for the capture? Because there's a level of that that you have to deal with, right? You may be right there and, and say you're 14 days in. If that cameraman ain't got the angle, guess what? After 14 days, you ain't taking that shot. You just wasted every bit of it. Right, because right. if you, you don't have a film, if you don't have the shot, right? Um, I will tell you this for me, I'm not sacrificing the hunt one moment of that hunt for an angle, but I understand what we're trying to accomplish, right? And it was times where I, I got my buddy Alex, which is the main camera guy for us, he was filming and he was in front of us, and we had elk right there within close proximity of us. And, and I was like, Alex, bro, I whisper in his ear, don't move. You're moving way too much. They're gonna peg it. And, and as he was filming, he learned as we was going, that learning lesson. 
he was like, okay, because he's not a hunter. Mm. He's a big hiker, mm-hmm. he films himself, and he does a great job of doing that, but he don't understand the hunting aspect of it, so it was some growing pain. Right. But I will not sacrifice, not one minute, for you to get that shot. You better be in that spot, and you better know me to be able to get that shot. Any, any preparation prior to season at the range or just going through the woods with the camera just so the group gets used to it? Yeah, so we had a backup camera guy and uh, you'll see him on the film. Uh, his name is Jess, big young young entrepreneur. He, you know, him and his dad own his, owns a business, uh, like a welding manufacturing business, mm-hmm. kind of like engineer and stuff. Right. And uh, he was new to the team. And uh, I trusted Pat totally, you know, and I said, well, we, we can bring him on, but we need to run him through that whole camera aspect of it because he just wanted us, he just wanted to follow us and kind of, you know, learn from us being in the woods. And of course, Pat was learning too as well. Um, but we ran him through the gauntlet and more so at my house, not so much in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, that camera and what you need to be doing on that camera. And then he didn't have a lot of practice, but what he was doing is he was shadowing Alex, which was on the first part of the hunt. He was shadowing Alex and what Alex was doing. And then on the latter part of the hunt, Jess took over and started filming the last part of the hunt. And he did an amazing job. So yes, we did a little bit of practice. Not so much with Alex, because we knew Alex knew how to run that camera. Right. It was more so my buddy Jess running that camera. And he, he got some experience at the very first part of the season. And then he was just on it. He was, he was dead nuts. Dialed. Because he's the one that got that, that final footage. Mm-hmm. Basically from mid-hunt to the end. He was the one that, that finished it out. How much, how much footage... Would you say there was total for? I mean, what did the what did it edit down to? I think it's thirty some odd minutes, well, right? We, we, I think it was forty two minutes. It ended up being forty two minutes, and that was uh, just because of some drone work that we added in there, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up being like forty two minutes. Don't quote me on that. I think it's forty two, and uh, but we we filmed over two trigs, two trigs of footage to get that. To get it all dumbed down and reeled down to that's a good, hard, a dude. Good video. You gotta have. You I mean, I, I've tried it, dude. I've tried it. I did. I successfully did it one year, 2018. I'm like, I'm filming this hunt. So what? What I did is I would every time I go to the range, the cameras would go with me, right? And when you're self filming, like angle, perspective, the whole thing, it's important, right? So you know, I'd have a GoPro. I'd have my main camera. GoPro facing me, main camera, you know, facing the animal and and hope and pray that the animal is coming in where that camera's facing, right? And that angle is wide enough to where you capture everything. Then I had one of them stuntman mounts with a GoPro off my shoulder to get that kind of POV feel. And it took work for me just to get to that point, to just, just to get there. And then every year after that, a camera's with me and I'm like, fuck this. Yeah, you do. You <laughs> it's get, you, work, dude. You get tired of it. But yeah. um, the biggest thing for me and what I've learned is that, um, especially from last year, knowing going into more filmed hunts, is that you got to develop the team and understand each other, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, and once you get that team kind of developed out, 
those guys know exactly what we need for the film. You're going to have that C footage, that B footage. Right. And of course, A plus footage is the kill, right? Mm -hmm. You got A footage, which is really cool. That's, that's the usable stuff. <laughs> you know, some counters, and you don't hit record and you miss that. Oh, dude. Everybody's upset. Yeah. Everybody's upset. Well, but that's a that's not necessarily a bad thing because then you know everyone's on the same page, right? right about about the mission at hand, right? Right. And you know, I, let me go back and, and uh, give a shout out to my buddy Pat. He, uh, you know, for 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 you guys that the viewers and listeners that are listening, uh, Colorado came out with a reissue list about three years ago, and uh, there's an opportunity to pick up tags with you know, that might cost you eight points on a normal draw to draw those tags. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been playing this reissue list a lot. And last year I burnt, you know, five points for this particular unit. And then uh, I got the unit. And then on the reissue list was the same unit that some people turned in or didn't pay for. And lo and behold, me and my buddy Pat, I mean, we, we mastered this list. And once we see it, we know what to do. And it's not the second draw like most people think. It's that reissue list. People turn their tags yeah. because they can't make it. Right. They can't make the hunt or prior engagements or something came up. So tags are always on there. My buddy Pat uh, drew a tag. And he calls me up. He's like, I got some good news. I got some bad news. He's like, I got a 501 tag. And I said, well, congratulations. I said, but we have a mission at hand. So what that means is your tag sits the back seat to what we got going on. And he was like, absolutely, because we already kind of planned this out. We knew what we needed to do. He didn't pick up his bow, not one time, for 25 days. It, you, grinding it out with each other. Did he admit the eat? It had to eat at him. Oh, it was eating at him. <laughs> eating at him. But he knew the mission. Right. And then we got to like 22 days or something. And I lowered my standards down to an age class of three to four-year-old bull, which is typical of a five-point. You get that four-year-old bull, he's branching off to a six, might be a small six. Um, and I said, once I, I see a good, respectable, you know, three to four-year-old bull, I'm going to take him. I said, but he's got to be five points or better. And so I, we ended up getting into some bugling bulls, and we called this, you know, this, this five-point off the herd. He was satellite bull comes in, boom, I smoke him. And then we we pack him out. I kill him that morning. We pack him out that morning. Get back to camp, and it's probably noon, maybe 11, something. We get back to camp, and Pat's like, we're going out? Let's go. <laughs> going out? And I said, no, Pat, let's just celebrate, take the time. Let's just reset. I said, I'm going to take you out first thing in the morning. I promise. I, I told him as soon as my tag was done, we own it. We gotta get this other tag filled. And we went in the unit with two tags. The next day, we go back into the same area and those elk were not there. 
they were just pushed back a little further. And I don't know if that was us or, because I don't think anybody was hunting that particular herd. I just think that the elk were moving. They were searching for hot cows. Mm -hmm. And so we jumped up to the top of the ridge line. I told them, I said, we're going to take this ridge line. We're going to run that ridge line all the way back until we find them. And we do a dry setup, hear nothing. I call a bull in with a cow. After the 20 minute setup that we set up, and I'm talking to Pat like I'm talking to you right now. And I'm like, boom, right behind you. Pat's just a crazy mess. And he's like moving all over the place. But anyways, long story short, that opportunity didn't work out. We moved three, 400 yards down on the ridge. And I get this bull to pipe off. And uh, I won't spoil it, but at the very end of the video, I show a picture of Pat's bull. Pat's bull, Stud. I think it's scored, and it looks way bigger. Pat's bull scored three, 328, or no, excuse me, three, yeah, 328 or 338, something like that. And, um, but he was a giant seven by six. Yeah, he was, a, that's a beautiful bull. Beautiful bull. Yeah. Beautiful bull. Character like crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I called that bull into his lap. It just, it just panned out to be the perfect ending to, <laughs> to, the to season. our mission. Right? Did he, mission. did he go? Where are the damn cameras? <laughs> <laughs> we, we tried, we tried, and the thing about elk hunting, and I, I figured this out myself, is like, if you got a camera guy, you got a caller, and you got a shooter, it works out best. When you have a shooter. A camera guy in a collar, right? Be one, right? It it doesn't pan out as good. It ha I mean, it, works it happens, out yeah. But when you have that three man team, two money, it's money, because you got the camera guy with the shooter, the caller's back. The caller can run a GoPro to kind of get a the right. visual of the caller. You can get that two 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 angle shot if you wanted to, or um, a little bitty gimbal with you, like trying to show you why you calling but when you have that three-man team it is money or better yet the four-man team two camera guys one with the caller one, one with the shooter. shooter and then the shooter and the caller are working hand-in-hand -hand. the camera guys just catch it mm -hmm. i find that to be the best the best approach and uh Hopefully that happens this year in Idaho because I'm I'm bringing my whole team up. Oh, nice! With us, and it's gonna be some good. Things. And then that, that's uh, the bearded elk whisperer. You and yeah, who else Tony. on that? Yeah, Tony's Tony, my boy, Eric, man. That's a uh, previous world champs, and we're gonna get out there, and now we're gonna add uh, camp chef. Elk world champion, <laughs> champion back to, oh to man so he's got a it, it's like he's got some growing pains in that group dude tony oh, tony has to be one of the most genuine salt of the earth humble dudes that i have ever spoke with yes in i don't know how many episodes dude that is a that is a solid dude. I, I just enjoy, I enjoy DMing with that guy, uh -huh. right? I mean, he's just a solid guy, man. Super humble dude. And and so nonchalant about that beautiful music he, melt, he makes, oh, huh? Dang, dude, that guy. It's, well, uh, I, I am with Eric and Tony on this hunt. 
and by all means, I think we both, all three of us have the most high respect for each other. Yeah. But looking from the outside and looking at those guys, those guys can, they can hold yeah, butts on. So, so how does that dynamic going to work, right? Is that, is that going to be, because like for me, right, I got a couple people that I'd like to call for, you being one of them. Um, I know that that's like i would rather call i would rather go and call for you know a jermaine hodge to me that's the that's the echelon right there forget having jermaine call for me i want to go call for jermaine that's the you know what i'm saying that's like the upper echelon like yeah buddy we got it done um how is that how do you see that panning out right because you got these three world champs yeah there's a level of uh let me do the calling but there's some humbleness in that group as well right how do you how do you guys have you guys talked about we we sat on the phone um we sat on the phone and hashed out some logistics stuff mm -hmm. um what those guys don't know is me personally uh i know tony's killed a lot of elk i've killed a lot of elk um eric is new to the game and he hasn't killed a lot of elk and what 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 I like to do personally is I like to call and see the gratification of right. that shooter yes. more than myself. And at some point you have to uh, reel yourself back and say, you know what, we're doing this. We have a mission. We're going to get all this on film. But I'd rather see them fill tags than me, mm. even though, you know, I got a thousand dollars out of pocket for this tag, doesn't matter. We done this together. It was a team effort right. to get all this done. Right. And I say this, and I say this kindly, when I bring a team together, we all eating. Right. So if you got a tag and I got a tag and there's only one tag that gets filled, we all eating. Mm -hmm. We gonna leave with me. Mm -hmm. You you help me pack this out, you gonna get some of this. I'd imagine, I'd imagine that that's the sentiment in that entire group. Yes. Right. And I, and I think I think it's going to well, bump heads because we're like, no, you shoot. No, no, you shoot. Right, right. And, and more, more that than calling strategy or, right. right? And that, that should be a really cool kind of melding place going to Idaho from Colorado, going to Idaho from the PNW, right? And, and, and you're kind of bringing both of those worlds in when you talk about Idaho and the terrain, Idaho and the cover, dude, that's gonna be so freaking dynamic. Cause if it's in super thick, the master in that case is gonna be Tony, right? I mean, that's what he, that's what the dude has cut his teeth on for year after year after year. Then you get into this country, this this crazy 1,011 foot, you know, 4,000 foot elevation, right? That's Jermaine Hodge right there. That, that should be phenomenal, dude. I can see this, you know, you try to, I don't, I don't like, I don't, you, you set a plan, but know that plans could change. Oh, hell At dude. all times. Right. So, what I could see a lot of, and before it even happens, I could see us the first two, three days, you know, trying to locate these elk and find these elk, and then, and then I could see us going back to camp, and us three huddling together, mm -hmm. like, how do we approach this as a team? Right. How do we approach this? We need to do this, and I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Tony's ideas, I'm gonna take Eric's ideas, and I know they're gonna take my ideas, and we're gonna crumble this together. 
to fill three tanks. That's going to be some dead-ass elk on the ground. 15 days. Yeah. That's, you know, that goes, I always say it, right? Is It's plan, implement, plan some more. Right? And I mean, you're a serviceman, right? No no plan uh, survives first contact. Right? So if you're if you're not PIP or going in with that mindset that we're going to have to adjust, um, it's it's a failed hunt. And my, I, my buddy Pat, you know, I'm bringing, like I said, I'm bringing my team. And my buddy Pat is like, I know you, I know you, Hodge. He says, we're going to need more than one camera guy. So I said, okay, what do you got in mind? He says, I know how you hunt. He says, if we don't find them, you're going to split this group up. And you're going to have like a two to one ratio. And then there's going to be one camera guy. He says, we need multiple camera guys. So I, I'm bringing in my buddy Jess to help me last year. I'm bringing in Pat. I'm bringing in my buddy Devin up in Idaho. He's a newcomer. He's up and coming. He can run the camera. I'm bringing in three camera guys. Not not three, four, excuse me. And my buddy Alex. I'm bringing in four camera guys. In the event that we run and we sit back at camp and we hashing things out, hey man, let's split. You two go together, I'll go with this group, and then we'll find these elk and then we'll just conquer. Mm -hmm. I, I can see that happening after like two or three days where we're like, scratching her head maybe it doesn't happen like I, man i i get it i get the thought process right but i gotta imagine and i don't know the other gentleman eric but i know you and i know tony some dead ass elk that's how that's all i that's all i could see in that right i mean it's just i was texting tony i said you know he uh had a big upset yesterday at world championships uh him and eric got beat first round and that's just what it is it's competition and I told Tony, I said, the real judge is in the woods. Yeah, man. And I said, watch out, elk, because we're coming. Yeah. That's going to be deadly, he dude. He said, absolutely. It gives me one of those, yep. Yeah, it's going to be deadly, dude. I mean, the again, when you look at guys that can cover the landscape mentally, hone in on where those animals are, but on top of that, understand the difference in behavior in the points of the season and what it means on that said landscape, right? That is fucking deadly, bro. Like it is gonna, I, I would like to be just a, a squirrel on the pine tree, talking, just watching that you're shit. You're talking about, and, and, and I'm just gonna throw this out there. I don't know the actual numbers. You're talking about more than 40 years of experience between between three guys yeah but 40 years of experience there's a lot of well there's a lot of 40 years experience in camps 100 year experience in yes. camps but it's the ability to go out and analyze and adapt and proceed to the path of success but, that that but, is yeah, where me, i see the difference yeah let me go back 40 years of successful hunting right yeah camps. killers Killers, killers right killers. i mean that I, again it, it, i'll be the quiet squirrel i won't even bark at you right but to be a squirrel <laughs> on that pine bough and watching that hunt go down yeah you got to have four cameramen if it's going to split but i would prefer as a as a consumptive user of of said film i would prefer to see the dynamic and how that how those conversations that are whispered in ears play out on the mountain dude the educational aspect of what a guy could gather from having the three of you guys together on the mountain all the time holy mother of god bro you know what my goal is there's a lot of goals but this main goal is to 
cut your learning curve down dramatically with one film. If if you well, you could do that in, in a lot of films, but man, I'm telling you, Squirrel on a Pine Bough. That's what I'm gonna call it. Squirrel. Name the film Squirrel <laughs> on a Pine Bough. Is that fucking guy barking at us? Dude, I, I, and that when when you told me about that yesterday, I'm like, that is gonna be remarkable, yeah. right? And I didn't think about the separation part because uh, to me, that's yeah. no offense, you know, Pat, but that's a fool's game right there for that film. I think that's foolish. Yeah. I think it needs to be hell or high water. We stay together and kill, yeah. right? No, it, it, it'll happen. It, um, it might be, it might be some times because uh, not not times of splitting. I think it's more gonna be some times of, all right, we're running all these logging roads at night to find these elk, find them. and then we'll go in together and kill them. Or I think we might see some of that. You might see some double up too. Yeah. Bull here, bull there, yes. split, yes. right? Because that, that's a lot of times, man, where, you know, it's like, oh shit, oh, I like that one. Like, there he is right there, right? I can see that happening. Yeah, that, well. that'd be really cool. But yeah, no, man. It's gonna be a good hunt, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm just honored to be, you know, amongst, well, one, yeah. amongst one of those guys, you know, being able to, to cut a film like yeah. this. So what's what's Pat's uh, cooking ability? Oh, man, he could throw a good meal could together. Could he? Could he? Hey. L Camp is important, man. Hey, he could throw a good meal together. I actually, you know, Tony, Tony texted me. <laughs> Tony texted me yesterday and said, hey, uh, our chef... Our chef just got it done. Heck yeah. And I said, I know. I, I think we got to call him a little bit more than a chef. He just got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be good, man. He, he could he could throw a good meal together. And that's the most important thing that I was kind of, he, he you know, just telling you earlier that, like, knowing your roles, mm -hmm. that's huge, man. Yeah. And those guys are flying out. We'll pick them up at the airport. I'm gonna drive out, and uh, most of everybody's pretty much. Uh, most of all of our the guys I'm bringing up flying out, mm -hmm. and then they'll come in, they'll drop in, and then we'll have our guys uh, there for the most of the hunt. But the camera guys might have might be at different angles right. of it. But the the whole thing is is we always have to have a camera rolling at all, all times. times. And that's why I brought in so many camera guys. Yeah. No, that'll be a cool one. And then, hunt, um, you know, my buddy Devin up there in, in Idaho, he's, he's in Boise. He uh, He's good with the camera and stuff, but he's new to elk hunting and he's hunted a lot. And uh, I'm sure we're, we're going to get some good footage with him. And then I just found out my buddy Alex can make it. I thought we was going to lose my main camera guy, which is my buddy Alex, who did all the editing on that film. Mm -hmm. And um, he's going to be able to make it now. Um, so it's going to work out to be one. That should be epic, dude. Yeah, that should be epic. So what do you have coming up, man, on the educational front for the, the people that are interested? I know, you know, you and I sat down on uh, Blue Collar Elk Hunting. That was last Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, just a few yeah, days ago. Yeah, and, and kicking out some content over there. What do you have in terms of seminars and things like that coming up, if anything? Um, I... I got two seminars coming up. I got one in at Shields. I'm doing for uh, their like hunt expo kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, that's uh, the 22nd of July, and that that I, I have a lot of fun doing that. I'm just representing you know Phelps and showing their calls, and then I do a seminar afterwards. Um, we had probably 40 to 60 people at that seminar last time, and they absolutely enjoyed it. And um, so I'm gonna do that one, and then 
I've got another one, and it's, it's pretty much for uh, anybody that wants to come, but uh, a veteran group reached out to me, uh, and I typically don't do stuff, you know, for free from people, man, but these, these guys were, like, legit guys that were in mm -hmm. or guys that served, and, they, you know, they gave me the rundown. They're trying to educate more of the veterans that are in in or out that hunt but don't have the education part right. of it. And I said, well, listen, I'm doing this for free. Y'all let me know when, and I'll do it for you. So I think that's going to kick off August 5th, and it's in Colorado Springs area. And uh, I, I'm really thrilled to do that one um, because it's a nonprofit organization that's just trying to take a buddy hunt mm -hmm. kind of thing. Take a buddy hunt. That's important. And then so uh, those two, and then, and then I'm gonna have to like cut off the calendar, right? Because I'm in hunt mode after that. Yeah, you you don't do private lessons or anything. You, you do no, any yet. of that? Not yet. Okay. No, I haven't. That really schedule's know. crazy. I I I know that can be overwhelming, but you know I'm only eight months from retiring, right. so I could see me doing a Stuff. few private lessons right after um, that. I mean, take it for it. For example, I mean, I I took my buddy Pat that did not know how to call four years. In the making, now he's a world champion. That's awesome, dude. So, but he, he takes it takes practice. Oh yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing, right? Is, and I I think I said it yesterday after the seminar, you know, and after the calling comp, right? It's you know you hear a guy and you know you may, and I'm not I'm not trying to, I'm not insulting nobody. I ain't a world champion caller, none of that. I can call, right? And it may not be the sweetest sound, but I know what the hell to say. And that's the thing for me that I've that I've learned over the years is, man, it's more important about, you know, it's what you say and when you say it. Because if you approach a situation and you ain't talking the right language, right, it don't matter. It don't matter how sweet you sound. It don't matter the level of, you know, callability on the diaphragm. If the words are wrong, none of it matters. I mean, you'll have, the, you'll have those instances where a guy can toot off some bullshit, you know, hit the alarm on the truck and the bull sounds off, but 10% success rate is real, right? And that's what I hear a lot, dude, is, we'll see you guys, um, is is dudes just piping off. I'll see you, Frank, I'll talk to you, man, thank you. Um, where you see guys just piping, 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 and don't, and it's always the bull. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just right. like, guys, get into the language, well, man. I, what I was saying yesterday in the seminar is, what most people don't understand is they, they want to go out and be able to demonstrate some of these bugles that they hear in the woods, these these high-level calls that are very hard to do. It's taken me years to learn these calls. Ask me how many times I do that in the woods, and I'm going to tell you zero. Mm -hmm. Very little to none. I might not say zero. Very little to none that I will do those calls. The basic calls will win year in and year out. Your calf, your cow, and your location bugle. It's all you need. It's all you need. It's all you need. One of the things that you say that that I like, right, and I take that, I take it to heart, is when you talk about stage versus the woods, and when people ask you in particular to the stage, you just go, I just do the best rendition of me in the woods. Right? right? right. I mean, that that's the best... I think that's the best verbiage I've heard placed on that, right? And I mean, look at the success you've had on the stage and then translate that to success in the woods or vice versa, versa, vice versa. 
it's like, dude, that's it right there, right? And it's like, oh, but light bulb, oh. I know, and, you know, <laughs> you know, we sit here and talk and we say, oh, it's that easy? Uh, it's not that easy, but what I'm telling you is, basic calls will win yeah. year in and year out. If you know how to cap, so 99% of the time, the calf will get the bull killed. Mm -hmm. If there's a calf in that group of that herd, you bring that calf in. Remember this, and I said this yesterday, kids like to play with other kids. That's right. So if you bring that kid to the playground, mom's gonna follow because mom don't wanna be too far away mm -hmm. from the kid. And if there's a bull with that group, which probably more than likely it is, the mom's gonna follow and the bull's gonna follow right after. That's right. And I'm, I, I swear by it, calf sounds, cow sounds, location bugle. Location bugle is just to find out where he is. And then, then once you start developing all that stuff, then you can get into like the mastering like the bigger bulls and bringing all these big bulls in. And I, and, and I'm about to talk about this today. I'm about to talk about this today. Is some people might not see the same idea as as I do. They might not be on this like they think this time of the this time of the year, this time of the year. I break this down like this. Pre-rut, pre-rut these bulls, and if I'm targeting bulls, I'm just talking about hunting monster elk. If I'm targeting bulls, that pre-rut phase, these bulls are pretty much still together or just separated, not too far from each other. Now remember, during that phase of where they eating and grazing, these bulls are bacheloring up, mm -hmm. right? They're together. They've been together for months, months. Growing their antlers, usually typically right around the same age frame, might be a little bit bigger in frame, but the age group is very close, very close. Whether it's one year above them or one year below them, it's really close in age. And this, this group of, let's say five, have been together for months. And then when they go into that pre-rut phase, when they start to venture out away from each other, remember elk talk year alone. Mm -hmm. These elk know each other's voice. It's like me and you talking to each yep. other. I know your voice. If you were speaking in the crowd, I'd know who guy is. Then, early pre-rut, I bugle more than I do the rest of the season. Right. Reason being is I want to piss them off. I want to piss them off because I'm introducing a new kid to the playground. Mm -hmm. It's like this new kid that moved into town. That kid usually goes through like this initiation. We ain't gonna call it bullying because that's wrong in all aspects. But you have people, who's the new kid? Right. Who's the new kid? When, when pecking order has typically already been established. Already been right? established. So with that being said, I bugle more in that, that beginning of that phase. Then you get, I don't know, the 10th, 11th, 13th time frame. I back off so much of the bugles and I'm more of mixing in that cow sound. So it's a mix of two, the bugles, cow sounds. Then you get into the latter part of the season, the latter part of September, I'm cow heavy, I'm cow heavy. The reason being is these bulls 
if they've already bred some of these cows, I'm telling those bulls, I'm ready to be bred. Mm -hmm. Come on over, inviting them. And what you'll find out is you'll find out, you'll pull in, if you're close to a herd, you'll pull in a lot of these satellites. And believe it or not, you get into a good herd of elk, Oh, you're going to have some good satellites. Yeah, satellite absolutely. Bulls, yep. Right? So knowing what to say, when to say it, and what time of the year to do it is important. Now, last year, and I got this on film. I haven't dropped it yet. I'm just waiting on the time. I took my kids out for first season right. That's mid-September. Mm -hmm. I mean, mid-October, excuse me. And it's like the... It was like the 12th or something last year. It's the 14th, I think, this year. I took them out. I had those elk talking from day one. It took us two days to get it done, but day one. The morning that I took them out, them elk were going nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. And you know what I was doing? I locate, they sound off, location bugle, cut the bugles off. I moved in real close. Cow sounds. Cow sounds only. I'm just telling them, hey, I'm ready to be bred. Mm -hmm. And they were going nuts. So I watched your, I, I, you know, watching that film, understanding the approach, and one of the things that I think is is missed is our ability to pull back after we call and just listen, right? And just listen, and and you and you got it good, right? Where it's like, there it is, right there, right? And everybody's like, huh? And you're like, you didn't hear that? And they're like, where, right? Nobody didn't, nobody's heard it, right? I mean, how important is that? And I think that's, we get so excited about being out calling. And I mean, you get the phantom, you get the phantom bugles, right? After two, three weeks on the mountain, dude, I'd be hearing sounds all over the yeah, place. Yeah. You start making it up. <laughs> yeah, right, the phantom bugles. But man, how important is that to just stop? And, and how much time do you give yourself after you throw out a locate, is it? You know what I mean? It's not like locate, oh, I didn't hear nothing, move, move, move. So as you're beating brush and that and that bugle is, you know, 500 yards across on the other side of the, the drainage, you may not hear that just from stepping on the ground because that frequency that's traveling, man, yes. right? So how important is that in, in, in your game? And then what suggestions do you have for folks in terms of if we had to give them a duration after a call to kind of sit and listen? Um, so, you know, first, First and foremost, um, when I'm starting off and I'm calling and I'm trying to get a bull to locate back, I never start off with a location bugle. I always start off with cow sounds and they might be soft cow sounds. And, and I'm gonna I'm just demonstrate one of these. I start off with soft cow sounds because I don't know if just a hundred yards is a bull. bull. Right. And if you go in there just saying, Oh, he just blew that he, Yeah, he, and you don't even know he blew out. So I'll start off with soft, soft cow sound, sound like this. And you can actually you cover, nope. you can cover, you can cover your mouth. I'm going to do it covered. You can cover your mouth and make these sounds. Stop. Listen. Give it a couple minutes. If there's a bull close or in close proximity, you're going to hear him coming or he's going to pipe off. Now, if he if he's not quite interested, I bring up the volume of that cow, cow sound. Without covering your mouth, bring up the volume of the cow sound. 
and just stop and listen. It doesn't have to be much. You're not going crazy. You're not you're just saying, hey, mm-hmm. where you at? Anybody out there? Mm-hmm. And I'll stop and listen for a couple minutes. And I'm listening for a couple different things. It might not be the bull calling back. It might be a stick breaking. It might be just a rake of his antlers. It might be anything. Leads wrestling around. Huffs. Dude, uh, last year huffs were huge. I, I heard I heard huffs hit, I mean the hoofs hit the rocks. Yeah. I'm listening for stuff like that. I wait a couple minutes. And then I'll do it again with a little bit of mo- more motion. And it might sound like this. <laughs> And I might throw a calf and a cow in there with it, like they, they just talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And then I'll listen for a couple minutes. And I really don't go past a couple minutes because if he's close, he heard me. If I don't hear him or anything that resembles that elk, then you throw out that location bugle. And with that location bugle, a couple minutes, three, four minutes, I wait and sit and listen. You might pop off a bugle and he might not say nothing. So I pop off that bugle, he doesn't say nothing. A couple minutes go by, then I'll throw a bugle with a with a chuckle in there. Mm-hmm. And then for the, the viewers that are that are listening, that location bugle just drops off at the end. <laughs> Stop and listen for a couple minutes. And then if he does not answer, like I said, then I follow it by with a chuckle. And I listen, I'm don't say nothing. And then I just follow that location view with a chuckle. And then I'm listening. And then if that doesn't work, I go crazy and get a lip bar. Yeah. And then but by that point, if he didn't really answer to that, move. Move on. Change. Change location. So you said something important there. I want to gloss over it, right? And and you hear it all the time, but I want to reiterate, right? You can you can always back off from aggression if you start soft and backed off. If you start aggressive. It's hard as hell to bring that back down. That's right. Right? That's right. And you want to work up the scale in progression and not from the top back down because right. it don't work. I I haven't seen it work. No. Right? No, I haven't seen it work. I always start off with south, soft cow sounds yeah. because I didn't call going in there. They don't know I'm there yet. And if I start off yelling when yes. I entered the room right. and I humanize it, I start off yelling entering the room, they're going to be like, who the? Who the hell is this? Yeah, you've offended everyone if you humanize it, right? But if you start off small and then you escalate up, at the point of it being at its peak, if he didn't answer, then move. Yeah. Then move. Yeah, you've done what you could do in that piece of landscape, you know? And, And it very well could have gained his attention, but you might not be in that proximity to where he wants to respond to you right right. so it could be a proximity thing yes i found that out a lot of times when you're in that you know if you're not in that zone let's just say that zone is 200 yards 
and you're 700 yards from that elk, and you started off small, and you escalated up, and you got to the bugle chopper, and he doesn't say anything, it's not that he's not there. Right. Move. When you get into that close proximity of him being, okay, I'm going to answer, and I'm going to tell you where I am, because you're starting to piss me off a little bit. Then he answers back, and he might not be pissed off, but he's like, hey, I'm over here, homie. Then, then you start gaining a wealth of knowledge, like, okay, I sounded off 700 yards away. He didn't say nothing. I just moved in the same direction that I was bugling or cow calling. I moved 700 yards closer, and now he responds. Mm -hmm. Now I know that this day might be, I need to be in the window or the zone right. before they sound off. What do you... What do you think about following your gut, right? So so I'll pick a piece of landscape, right? And and that landscape has a limited amount of time in terms of what it produces as I go into it. But I, I feel like what happens a lot of times is we get so hung up on elk sounds that we'll pick the best piece of landscape, we won't hear what we expect or want to hear, and then we'll turn off to that landscape and move away because we think there's no elk there. Right. If I get a gut about a piece of landscape, dude, I'm doing everything I can in that piece of landscape to produce and be at an A to B point or some kind of triangle pattern that I'm going to move through that landscape on. But I'm following my gut. I don't I, I'm, I'm not the ridge running bugle guy. I, I never I probably never will be because I haven't seen or felt the benefits of it. But. You go in, you bugle, you don't hear nothing. Oh, there's nothing here. We're backing out. Dude, there's a reason you looked at that landscape. There's a reason you picked that landscape, be it e-scouting or, you know, in the field scouting. You got to progress through the landscape and close that proximity. I think people will wash it away because they don't hear nothing. And it may, it may be that bull is just raking. And he may be raking on every response, but you ain't going to know until you're under 100. Right. But so my thing is, again... I follow my gut. How often do you say, man, that's the piece of land right there and it's a mile away and you still work all the way through that mile even without hearing anything? I do. I do that a lot. Um, I try to, when, when, I, when, when I'm going into an area, I try to zone in on that area and pick that area apart. And, and elk are very vocal. And if they're not sounding off, I just pick that, that particular area apart. And then I say, okay, question i've worked this whole area i did not get a response look at my map where could they be outside of this area mm -hmm. and they just may be over a ridge and they can hear you but that you ain't where they want them. well that's not and it's not where they want to be and that, right yeah, exactly right so that particular day you look at that area and say all right they're going to be in this drainage well they weren't in that drainage but they were just over the hill just mm -hmm. a little bit and you couldn't hear anything that they responded to. You couldn't hear them if they even called. But if you top that hill just a little bit, you you, you, you got pick it. them up. Right. And you find out that that ain't too far from where your mark was anyways. I go with my gut yeah. all the time. I think it's huge, man. I mean, all the time. I, I, I don't know. Did I say that yesterday? Right. I think we, with, with all the education and stuff out there and, and everything that's available in terms of elk modules and, and theoretic practice right from individual to individual i think sometimes we lose we lose 
the fact that we are hunters in that, right? We, we, in my opinion, some of us have an innate ability to go on the mountain and kill shit, right? Some better than others, but there's something that you have in you that's primal that is, is intertwined with you. You can't forget first and foremost that, hey, motherfucker, you're a hunter, not a student, right? And we get the, that student, I really don't know mentality, I'm learning. And man, people will talk themselves off of that perfect bench at 9,800 feet because Jermaine is up at 11,004. You know what I mean? And it's like, don't forget you're a fucking hunter. You are a hunter before you're a student of this game, so to speak, right? We're always a student, right? But it's like, remember that you are a fucking killer and don't second guess those feelings. You got to roll with them. Um, you know, for me as a standpoint of uh, uh, going into the hunter aspect of it, um, there's a lot of styles of different mm -hmm. hunting and um, I, I want to educate the listeners that my style does not fit with everybody. People. There's a lot of styles out there. It's like sit and wait kind of game. I got to remind everybody that I, I have extreme ADHD. I cannot sit still. I'm hyper-focused. I cannot sit still. I'm a busy body. I got to go get it. Right? And this is guy that was drinking 600 milligrams of caffeine today. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I really need it. Like I really need it. And sure enough, man, I don't chase ghosts. And I live by the model. If they are not talking, I will find the one that wants, wants to, to play talk. the game. Right. And if I have to go past a hundred elk, I will do that. That, I mean, if you look at... If you look at success, call it in the industry, in the film realm, that is a lot of the thought process with a lot of guys. Like I just brought up, right? The kind of, and it sounds detrimental and I don't mean it that way, but the Ridge Runner, Bugle, 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 right? And that's what that is. It's looking for the one elk that commits at that moment to play that game, right? Right. And I, I will, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't put a number on it. I, I passed up. Lots of elk that um, necessarily didn't play the game. Mm -hmm. And um, last year, just give me for example, there was a lot of elk that didn't want to play the game, but they were still interested. Right. And they come in quiet on me. And right when you thought, man, ain't no elk in here, you get ready to pick your stuff up, and they were staring dead at you. Right. And when you turn around, you're yeah, like, yeah, damn. Yeah, like, was looking dead yeah. at me. I did that a couple years ago. I was hunting. I think that was 71. We were in the unit at the same yeah, we were in the same unit at the same time, and it was pretty quiet. I mean, we were getting the smaller bulls were sounding off. The, the pecking order was. We were in the same unit yeah, time? we were in the same unit same at the same year? time, same year. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, I set up, man, and I, I was chasing this. I saw this bull three or four times. He was good, dude. I mean, he was he was the he was the Mac Daddy, and uh, I knew where he was at, and you just he was just not leaving the cows, and I was forcing it. So I set up and I go, you know what? I'm gonna just go in, I'm gonna play the smaller bull, but I'm gonna be really quiet playing a smaller bull, inferior, a little bit insecure. Dude, and I play this bull and he, he'd do some shit back and it's like, I couldn't pinpoint, I move a little closer. And uh, dude, I mean, you're talking, we're probably four or five hours into the day, right? And I set up, I'm like, this is this perfect. This is, at this point, it's like early afternoon. Or early afternoon, yeah. but you started in the morning. Started in the morning, right? And uh, I knew where he was going to bed. 
And I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop dogging him today, right? I, I want this bull, I'm not gonna stop dogging him. So I, I, you know, get up in this landscape and aired on the, aired on the side of aggression in terms of how close I was gonna push to the herd, right? Because it was like, I'm tired of standing back waiting. So I got up and I'm like, okay, tight quarters, dude, tight, tight quarters. Didn't give him much stop and scan. There was two lanes. One of the lanes was to my, call it 1.30. The other one was like 10.30, 11 o'clock-ish. That was it. That's, that's where it's gonna happen and that's it. If he doesn't come there or come there, it's blown. Yeah. Dude, I sit there and I'm, and I just rake and just real soft, you know, did some stopping, um, you know, tried to make it sound like I bet it, right? Things like that. And I'm there for, I don't know, 35 minutes. Now I always, I, because I'm, I'm, I can be very impatient. So I go, you know what? It's a, it's a 45 minute hold on this spot. I'm not going anywhere for 45 minutes come hell or high water. I ain't fucking moving, right? Do all my thing, you know, I play it, a couple minutes go by, I don't do anything. A few minutes go by, I'm raking again, you know, let it settle, here I go again, right? And I look at my watch and I go, man, 37 minutes. Damn, 37 minutes. I was like, all right, I'm a push, okay? So the wind, the landscape, and you know, I couldn't go straight into where I thought they were. I had to kind of come up about 150 yards and then come back down in on them, okay? Just to keep everything, to keep everything right, right? And line of sight, the whole nine. And I'm thinking if I'm elevated, I probably get, you know, I get a beam or an ear or something I'll be able to see. And I kid you not, man, I got to basically the peak of my what? zag, yep. right? What do I hear? Oof. Right where I was at, dude, if he wasn't two foot from where I was at displaying, he was right on top of it. Kick myself in the ass in a mat. It was, I said 45, I left at 37. And he was right there. And I was like, you, I, I walked up, I sat on the top of that ridge and I just put my head down. I go, you dumb, I broke my plan. And it wasn't three minutes from when I left to when he was there, right? And I was like, God damn, oh, I know, killed myself that, there. That makes you a better hunter. Oh, absolutely. When we, when we talk about, you know, going out and, and you know, knocking these bulls down, so sometimes, man, it's, it's all about the learning experiences. Yeah. I've, the reason why Jermaine Hodge is successful year in and year out is because of my failures. Yes. I've failed so many times like that, like mm -hmm. that scenario that you've given me. I've failed so many times, kicked myself in the butt, but I've learned from yes. it. And I tell myself, you will not no. make that this season. You will not, not make that. That same again. mistake again. Yeah, you're not going to get me twice. So that's one of the things. And, I, you know, you, you bring that failure point up, right? And that's what I tell people all the time. You can't be scared to fail when it comes to elk hunting. Dude, it's, in my head, it's based on failure. Right. right, is based on failure. And every one of them failures is a pearl that's in the toolbox, right? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? And paying attention to it, man. You gotta self-analyze. Oh, that. hell yeah. You gotta, you gotta be able to do that. Every day in season when you're in the woods, you should be analyzing yes. that day, either back in camp or when you lay down in a tent, what whatever right, it is. What yeah, you gotta do it. What did I do today that, that I felt was good, what was bad? And there's days where you, you can't really pull anything out, right? It's just one of those days is hunting, right. you know, but man. That... I mean, even as a caller, like I'm, let's say I'm set up for a calling situation for a hunter, a friend that I'm taking out. 
I look back at the situation. I got the bull right there, just not close enough to my shooter. What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. Or what could I have done better as a caller? And then sometimes you look at it and you're like, it just wasn't going to work out, period. Right. It wasn't going to pan. Irregardless. Yeah. So you, you, you might analyze and be like, dude, I don't think I could have done anything better. Mm -hmm. But you know that. And you you just make adjustments off off analyzing yeah. the rights and the wrongs. Plan, implement, plan some more. That that That's that second planning session should include the fuck ups. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I agree. And, and see, a lot of people, and I say this, not everybody, but non-elk hunters that come out to the west, the one of elk hunt. They come out here, they they hunt elk, they, maybe they got into uh, one elk. What they didn't do is they didn't analyze their rights and wrongs. Mm -hmm. And then every year they make the same mistakes. Over and over again. Over and over right. again. In center. Yeah, 11 years of unsuccessful, right. you know what I mean? Five years I ain't never killed an elk, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, how are you taking those lessons? Because there had to be plenty, plenty of right? Lessons. And then there's, I, I talked to a buddy and he was like, do I do this tag? I don't have anybody to go with. And I'm like, sorry, bro, I'm on the mountain with my tag unfilled, right? And he goes up and I'm like, dude, he's like, how do you do the solo thing? And I'm like, honestly, it's the best time in the world to me because I could talk, I can get rid of my bullshit. I could talk to my creator and I could, I could leave all this shit. I go, but I don't have nobody to blame. I said, yeah, it's a little tough sometimes to get to the mental. I go, but you know what? I don't fight it. If, if, if my left side wants to have a conversation with my right side, guess what? I'm on a motherfucking mountain talking to myself and answering questions, right? So anywho, he goes well, up. I don't go that far, guy. Are you answering your questions? Dude, I'll be like, <laughs> what was that? You know what I mean? I got that shit on video. I post that shit all the time when I'm out there. And people be like, yeah, that's that solo shit. You. Hey, hey, for your listeners, hey, don't answer your question. Hey, you got to. Hey, no, there is a level of, there's a level of our human connection yes. that is absent when you're solo on the mountain for seven, 14. I'm, I'm getting better. Like, you know what I mean? Those conversations, and especially when, when you're when you're fighting towards that goal, right? It is. You can't avoid those conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'll be like, you bitch, motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. And you know what I mean? Stop being a motherfucker. You, you just have the conversations. Well, I think, uh, let's go back to your point, that solo hunting. Oh, this is my game. You know, for, for, for most people that, you know, of course, you see the video. I got a team built, and this is that, and... Oh, he's, you know, got callers. For years, for years, I hunted by myself, mm -hmm. killing multiple elk. Multiple elk, year in and year out, by myself. And the reason being I did that is because I, I knew my capabilities, and I also knew that a lot of people wasn't capable of of staying with me and hunting the way I hunted because I, once again I'm super aggressive mm -hmm. and knowing that I wanted to hunt by myself because I knew I could move at my pace and when I wanted to move if I wanted to lay down and take a nap in the woods I'm that was it nap in yeah the woods. yeah if I wanted to move and, and run a gun and and ridge hop for bugles I was ridge hopping for bugles mm -hmm. but later later in my career 
I wanted to implement more people into what I was hearing in the woods. They, they didn't know. I was like, I gotta share this. I gotta share this. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I've shared it with my wife, but I gotta share this with others. Right. And then I started bringing in other people with me and seeing the smile and the grin on right. their face. Right. But solo hunting is not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, but the gratification that you get from it is it's unremarkable. Yeah. It's yeah. But you can move at your pace. You can call. No one's judging you. You can do what you want. Failure success. Right. right? Failure success is 110 dependent on how you get into that landscape and you perform as a predator. It's, you ain't got no fucking excuses. Right. You know, most most of us work a nine to five and your boss, if, if you have a boss, if your boss tells you to get something done, he leaves you by himself. You're solo. Mm -hmm. Get that done. If you ain't got a team, you got to get it done. That's it. You get it done by yourself. Right? Yeah. And you're going to get it done at your pace. The satisfaction of it is, it is I can't even put, I, I can't even put a thumb on it. Right. right. It's, it's remarkable, man. It, it just, and then I get to, you know, I was talking about talking about myself or talking to myself. I talk about myself too. <laughs> but, but the, the humility that comes in those failures and even the humility that comes in the success because you knew what it took to lead up to, like it, it's, dude, it's, it's allowed me to take my ego and laugh at it when it rears its head in everyday life. I'm like, like, what are you tripping on, dude? You ain't shit. Like, if you need a reminder, wait till September, punk ass. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't shit. And that that's one of the reasons that I like it so much. I enjoy the camaraderie and everything. Like, last year was kind of my first full-fledged dump into that that whole camp camaraderie vibe when I did, when you know, for the Elk Bros Adventure Camp. And it was like, damn, this is cool as shit. Right. right. And then, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, dude, it's still it's still my solo adventure It's still that life changing perspective, that growth, that wisdom that comes out of it. And then that, that's what I was kind of getting to with that story where my buddy, you know, hit me up, talked about it. He goes to Idaho. He's planning eight days. A hey, brother didn't even make it a day and a half. Right. And he's like, bro, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, dude, you just got to go through it and you'll you'll only regret. It sounds fucking cliche. You only regret the shots you don't take, right? That's a shot you didn't take when you came off the mountain in a day and a half because you were out there. It's not the lions, tigers, and bears, right? It's, it's the solitude. Solitude will break your ass well, off. Digging into that a little bit. Um, I, I don't mean to hold you up. No, no, no. Digging into that, I think it's, you know, for, for me, um, you know, I've wrestled for years, and with wrestling, I've, I've learned a lot of life lessons that, that my father even couldn't even mm -hmm. teach me. And uh, whether it was disappointment, whether you put in all the work and you you didn't get it done, the dedication, the hard work, the, the sacrifice, all this stuff, like, valued in the one bottle. And I'm gonna use your friend for eight days. Goes up there for a day and a half and he, and he bitches out. And he comes off. <laughs> he bitched out. I'm gonna tell you right now. To me, to me, I could never do that. And not knowing that I didn't give that hundred. Yes. 
and, and when I'm, and, and as a coach now, I coach these athletes, I know what that shit looks like. When you, when you watch it, you know what you did through your career. Mm-hmm. And you watch it, and you're like, nah, you didn't even try. Right. Well, that boils down to, I mean, if you look at champions, right, and I don't care what realm it's in, if you look at the high-level performers, shit, just take your your stage calling, right, because I know the background on that. There ain't a person that goes out and achieves the upper echelon of whatever the endeavor is by doing the shit because it's regimented. It's it's always the extra shit that you do when no one else is looking that you feel the best about. That's the, I mean, right. your stage calling, how often were you practicing? We've, You know what I mean? How many times months. have folks, yeah. Months, 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 day, night, in between breaks at work, right? Drive your, your, you drive your, your family. Yeah, you, sometimes you're driving yourself crazy because you you're like, God damn, right? But that's where it gets done. And that's how I equate it. Like, you know, one of the things I said until I found hunting, I'm, outside of my family, I never saw shit through, right? You, you gotta realize that, what did you really see through? Did you settle on that position at work because the money was good or do you have more in you? And we settle for what's comfortable and we stop working. It's the same on the fucking mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's you like could, you. You can relate that to life. Mm-hmm. Are you just settling to settling? Or are you working to be the best you could be? Exactly, right? exactly. Don't get it twisted. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of failures. You mm-hmm. might not even punch that tag. Mm-hmm. You know, you walked away from it. You oh, gave dude. it everything. Whether yes. it's a person from the East Coast or, yep. or way West Coast, and coming into the to, to the Rockies and trying to get it done in one of these states that have some abundance of elk like Colorado, and you came out here, you trained, you worked everything you could possibly do. You came out here, you had 10 days of leave built up. You mm-hmm. cashed all those leave days. You spent all this money and you come out here and you gave it everything you could possibly give away. You'll never you, regret it. You, you won't regret nope. it. Now, what all I'm trying to do is you came out here, you didn't punch your tag. You came out here and you gave it everything you can give it. I'm going to teach you the extra shit that you need to get it so done. You can get it done. Right, right. And that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Because when you can share that wealth of knowledge that it took me self-teaching myself, and you can share that knowledge and cut that curve down for somebody, that's so gratifying to me. Hell yeah. That's so gratifying yep. to me. When, when I hear all these successful stories, these people hit me up on, on I, I spend more time on IG, and then everything kind of links into Facebook. I scroll through Facebook, not much. But everybody's hit me up. I'm like, hey, have you ever been to this unit? Yeah, I try to answer all of them genuinely. No, I haven't been to that unit, but if you give me some time, I'll look through this map and tell you where I would start. Mm-hmm. I know you coming out here and you have no idea, but this is where I would start. And I've heard countless of stories of people saying, Man, you were spot on. Mm-hmm. And, it was elk everywhere. And it doesn't even have to be a bull on the ground story. No, it ain't. Right? Most it's like we were, we were in elk for three days. They're bugling. I had cows. I had a I had a cow and a calf come in I eight had yards. So much fun. 
Yeah, that's that's the that's where the money is at, yeah. right? Yeah. And the gratification that that we get on the other side of that, dude, it makes all and it's like you're taking my failures and making them a success, right? right? Indirectly, you are taking those failures and you are making them a success through that. That's those, huge, when man. I hear that, man, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right, high five, man. Congrats. Hell yeah, right? It's like, next all right, brother. Year, hey, even if you didn't get it done, next year, I know you'll get yeah, it done. Yeah, let me know how this season goes, that season goes, this, yeah. you know what I mean? And you're commit, it's like, it's like this commitment that we have, right? To, to the people that we're trying to influence. And it's not, it's not about the killing. It's about the greatness we find in that pursuit, right? right? That, that's, and if you kill something, guess what? That's even more remarkable. Icing on a flipping proverbial cake, right? Yep. Man, I, that that shit gets me. It gets me fired up, yeah, dude. Yeah, it does. It, it gets me. I mean, granted, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and kill my yes, tag too. Yes, I'm yes, gonna go and fill my yes. Tag too. Yeah, but I it's. I need to put meat in the freezer. But when you hear those stories. Yeah, dude, it's next level. Dude, it is. Yeah, next you level. you take a guy from the mid. I hunted with a guy last year, and well, coached him in in uh, EBA camp, Elk Bros Adventure Camp, and uh, Mike, dude, one of the greatest guys I've ever walked the woods with just no die grinder like i'm like dude we're going there today and he's looking at it, he's like fuck all right guy let's go right i mean we're we're climbing up shale side hill and across this because we hear this one bugle to get him an opportunity you know and at the end of it dude i had a brother you know what i mean it was like tears were shed when camp was over you know and it was like the greatest the greatest experience the greatest feeling to watch him progress through it dude he put a stock on so you know generally speaking elk is is pursued in the calling realm and i said hey mike there's a bedded bull over there i'm gonna sit here and pull out my binos this is how i would approach the situation right and he's like really he goes i've never stalked anything and i go so just play it out as you go right and dude he got within about 35 40 yards of that bull wow. and what happened was there was three bulls bedded above this bull that we didn't see, couldn't see him, right? And he was, I mean, dead nuts on the fucking bench, dude. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna, f I'm in the binos and I'm like, on my phone, I'm like, Mike's gonna kill this fucking bull. He's gonna kill this bull. And I'm waiting for him to knock. And I'm like, why the fuck isn't he knocked yet? Now he's knocked. And I see him and he don't see the bull yet, right? The landscape's changed. And dude, I seen him three bulls above, like maybe 20 yards above him stand up and I go, but anywho, long story short, bull didn't fucking die. Remarkable stalk. He got back over, dude. His head was slung low. He's like, man, I'm sorry. I blew it. I'm like, bro, no, you didn't. that shit was remarkable, dude. No, you you fucking went. He went 300 yards this way, crossed the fucking drainage, up through this crazy-ass New Mexico blowdown, yeah. right? And got that close to that bull. Yeah. That, that bull never knew he was there yeah. until those bulls stood up. They stood up. They went up, and they crossed that bull's path. He turned. He looked, stood up went right up to him. They never knew. Hey, I'm like, dude. I, I will tell you a story for the listeners. I haven't, want, not that, it's just the opportunity hasn't presented itself. I've never, ever stalked a bull, ever. Just because it hasn't, it hasn't happened, happened for me. Right. But to get into that close. Oh, dude, it was remarkable. Dude, yeah. that's a win. Yeah. I was like, Mike, he, I'm telling you, head slung low and he didn't get it. 
That's a win. Right? He didn't get it because he's never done it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's my mule deer career. That's yep. my pig career is all spot and stalk. Even turkey. I don't call turkey. I spot and stalk turkey. Yep. And, dude, I, to watch him get that close to that bull, I was like, bro, what do you? He's like, bro, I'm sorry. I'm like, Mike. And I showed him. And I'm like, you can barely see you because I'm filming him. I'm filming me. I'm like, this motherfucker's about to get, you know? It was, dude, it was. Anywho, upper echelon, next level, the satisfaction that I got in seeing that and being a, you know, having that experience with him. I was like, dude, that's all awesome. he end up uh, tagging out? He never tagged out. No, that's okay. Um, we had, so our last night, dude, we had a bull. And so so the way that, that camp works is is we're coaches, we're not guides. So if we're calling for them, it's a scenario that they tell us, they put, they position us, they tell us where they want to be, how they want to approach it. This is what they heard. This is, you know, so they set the stage and that's part of the coaching aspect, right? I don't want to, if I was guiding you, I could take the reins, yes. right? Yeah. And uh, and that's kind of where we saw the failure. In, in camp, we went 50%, which is phenomenal, right? We had, we had four guys in camps or in camp and we went 50%. So we filled two out of the four tags. Oh, that's amazing. Right, it, it was great. And these are guys that, yeah, have been on elk hunts, um, but haven't had the level of success. Uh, some of them guided, right? I mean, you're talking guided tags are not cheap, right? And, had, and hadn't had success. But for them to walk away from that camp and be like, hey, next year, it's fucking on. I got this tool chest to work with. I got to experience got it. Right. So we're evaluating what they're doing and saying, hey, this is how I would have played it and why. Right. And some of it was I got a little too aggressive or it was a bad setup. And that's a lot of what the killer is, is a bad setup. Right. You hear a bugle or you hear, you know, a cow and she's sitting up in that, that patch there. Yeah. And we want to stop here because we heard a mew and we want to try and call her down and across. Right. right? And it's like, you know, it's things like that. So it, it was... It was just very enlightening to see people's, you know, approaches and everything in in that realm, uh, and then to be able to help them fine tune it and then see the light come on, like, oh shit, you're right. So it's really cool experience, man. You you got to come to camp one year. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I definitely can't miss that, man. It was uh, it's cool, but yeah, Mike killed it on that stock. But brother, everybody's pulling down their booths, as always, my yeah. brother. It's a pleasure. Hopefully, we uh, make that drive. Uh, well, you got to make a drive for me. It's 15 minutes from the house yeah. next what is that two weeks two weeks, two weeks. yeah so hopefully we get there shoot again man we yeah, got to get absolutely. josh get us ready for season yeah get walking get, through the woods gets me pumped up dude it was uh, well we were i was saying it coming out right and i thanked you all for shooting and uh you know coming through the woods man and looking and as we're coming out we're walking through the aspens and september smacked me dead in my face i was yeah, like man. i looked at that aspen bell man i touched that aspen and i was like dude it's here man we're like you, you Two blink, months, six you, days. You blink and it'll be on your Oh, doorstep. I can't wait, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, man. Hell yeah. Um, we'll but, see. We'll see what the tags do. Yeah, send them, send them to where they can watch that film, man. I think there's huge educational yeah. value in that, so just, tell them where they can find it. Yeah, just get on uh, Phelps Game Calls yeah. uh, platform on YouTube. Just type in Phelps Game Calls, and, and then uh, you'll see it. It's the latest film that dropped, um, and you guys will be able to check it out. It's a little bit of an induction to myself, but uh, you'll be able to see how I play out the whole month of September. Um, that was the elongated hunt, and uh, we got it done towards the latter part of the season. But it is, it it was fun. It was fun making it, and hopefully you guys like it too. Cool. All right, my brother. Appreciate All you. Right.